Rangers opening day is less than a week away, and fans are finally going to get the chance to head out to Globe Life Field for a Rangers game. Major League Baseball's newest stadium, a sticker price of $1.2 billion, and it's in the heart of the Texas Live Entertainment District. Joe Buck of Fox Sports raved about it during World Series telecast last fall, and judging from reviews of fans, it's a great place to watch a game. Today on the Mic Drop, we talk Rangers baseball and Globe Life Field. With us is the Hall of Famer, Eric Nadell, the voice of the Texas Rangers. He tells us about his favorite moment in his 42 years on the air with the Rangers, and he previews the young Rangers players we should look for this season. You'll hear from Brian Truby, the top dog of HKS, the architectural firm that designed Globe Life Field, and many, many other great new stadiums around the world. Brian talked about redefining the great American ballpark and creating a memorable experience for fans. Also with us, Sean Decker of the Rangers, the person who led the stadium project and is responsible for bringing non-Rangers events to Globe Life Field and Globe Life Park. He talks about how super superfood green smoothies are the new green M&Ms and much more. And finally, Joe Trahan of Channel 8 Sports is going to answer the question, is, is he tired of waiting for Dale Hansen to retire? And he'll also tell us what he's been downloading. So let's drop the needle and let's go. Welcome to the Mike Drop Podcast. Kevin Sullivan here, joined as always by my co-host, Monica Paul the executive director of the Dallas Sports Commission, and as always, along with our next level intern, Marcus Carr. Monica, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Dak Prescott's new contract, $160 million. You know, there was some, some who questioned the Cowboys for waiting to sign Dak. As it turns out, Jerry may have had some intel about what was to come last week. NFL, of course, agreed to a new rights, uh, media rights deal with its TV partners. $10 billion a year or thereabouts for 11 years, $110 billion deal. Of course, every NFL team gets a cut. So knowing that money was flowing in, the Jones family always seems to have a handle on these kind of things and figures out a way to pull off the business side, don't you think? Oh, yes, uh, Sully. I don't think I would ever bet against the, the Jones family and the Cowboys. Uh, I think uh, we've seen it from... Uh, there are, there are other business deals and other properties that they own, the, you know, what, what the Cowboys are, are worth, America's team, and uh, what they mean globally uh, f from a city standpoint and for their organization. Um, you know, I think they, they, there may be a lot of naysayers out there at, at times, and, uh, you know, everybody um, looks at uh, or uh, reviews their decisions uh, in terms of what they're doing on the field, but definitely I think they had some in intel and uh put the puzzle pieces together i think a lot of people are interested to see what happens in this uh, nfl draft coming up uh here shortly so um yeah i'm i'm excited to see what the cowboys can do on the field this year chris i was uh you know i was at nbc universal when we did the original uh sunday night football deal back uh in 2005 and uh you know the nfl has just motored along even though things have fluctuated and shifted and changed both in the media landscape and in sports TV ratings, uh, this is a monster deal for the NFL, uh, you know, doubling its rights fees at, at a time where there is some uncertainty in the media business. And, you know, there was a lot of discussion about Amazon coming in 
as a, as a streaming partner and how that changed things. But the, the guru for all of this stuff is John Oran of the Sports Business Journal. And he had a, a line, he wrote that this was a huge win for the legacy media business. And what he means by that is that you see NBC is going to stream on Peacock and, and CBS is going to stream games via Paramount Plus. Fox and ESPN taking a little bit more of a wait and see on their streaming. Uh, remember those Amazon games that are going to be streamed will also be available in the home markets on over the air TV. Bottom line here is that the legacy media companies control the NFL for the next 11 years. So there's a little bit of not so fast on the, on the excitement about, about specifically about streaming. Yes, it's interesting and, and, and impactful that Amazon has these exclusive rights to Thursday night. But the other, the legacy media companies definitely protected themselves. Uh, they have streaming platforms now. So I think you're always gonna see with the NFL, a combination of, of over the air plus, plus streaming. I think the interesting thing, the real game changer would have been if we would have seen Facebook, Apple, Google, you know, at the table and they weren't. Amazon was the only one. The, the NHL recently did a monster media deal of its own which has a big component for ESPN plus to stream, but also puts ABC uh, at the table in a lot of games on ESPN too. The NHL doubling its media rights fee also, and for only half of its schedule with another deal yet to come. So we like to keep an eye on sports business here on the mic drop and interesting things happening in the, uh, in the uh, media, media rights world for sure. Uh, well, Sully, I, I can definitely say that, uh, you know, I, I, that's how I consume my sports is uh, through streaming. So uh, kudos to, to Amazon and NFL for getting NHL for getting out in, in front of that. Um, I, I think uh, even through COVID over this last year that uh, you see a lot of more people consuming on their phone. And I have, you know, students at SMU as well. And I, I'm pretty sure that they're uh, uh, consuming uh, sports right there in, in class. But that's a whole different topic, I think. So um, so it's time to move on to our mic drop moment, Sully. Uh, and I think it has to go to the main green of North Texas, who got their first, yeah. I know, NCAA tournament win in school history last week. Uh, UNT upset fourth-seeded uh, Purdue, 78-69 to 69 in overtime. Your boilers, uh, Sully. So uh, if you heard last week's show, you heard this. We got a little bit of an intra- uh, mic drop team rivalry here and that my beloved Purdue Boilermakers are facing off against Marcus's uh, UNT mean green. So Marcus, you want to get a little wager down here or what are you thinking? Sully, let me tell you one thing. The UNT mean green Eagles won the CBI two years ago. We technically made the tournament last year by winning the conference. Didn't get our chance to go dancing. We're going dancing this year. It's a final four year for the Mean Green. I'm telling you right now. I'm calling it. <laughs> well, Marcus, I, I I come before you humbled. Even though your Mean Green did not make it to the final four, uh, you, you got me on that one. And when we get back together in person, I owe you lunch or dinner or breakfast or or something. The interesting thing too is after we finished recording the mic drop last week. We had a little table talk with uh, Mark Followell, the wise and thoughtful voice of the Dallas Mavericks and a proud UNT grad. And he completely predicted uh, the victory as well, based on experience, guard play, and defense. And, and you and Followell were right. So hats off to the Mean Green. Boilers are young. We'll be back. Uh, 
expectations were low, but we still expected to win that game. And I give you all the credit in the world. What a game, Sully, though. Like, what a thriller. I think that's everything packed inside March Madness you could have asked for. You know, going into overtime, it was just a nail-biter all the way through. I honestly, I couldn't breathe the whole game. I was just so, so, so nervous about what was about to happen. Um, but probably the biggest win in UNT sports history up until this point. So thank you to the Boilermakers for, for allowing us to move on and face Nova. But I don't think any team would have won against Nova the way they were shooting that night. So I can't blame UNT. Now, I don't want to say too much, uh, but I wasn't the only member of the Mike Draft family suffering <laughs> in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And I don't know, Monica, maybe we should just let it go at there. Our listeners know you're you're a proud Longhorn. Should we just move on to the next segment? You know, Sully, um, I don't even know then realize that March Madness is going on. Did we really have March Madness? Um, <laughs> no. I think it uh, got canceled again this yeah, year. That's, I, that's, I, I'm pretty sure uh, I didn't even see basketball on, but uh, at least my lady horns pulled it out last night. But, yeah, I think I owe uh, Marty Turco um, maybe some drinks or some lunch at uh, Moxie. So I, I did make that bet, and obviously the horns aren't making it to the Final Four. So uh, better luck next time for all of us, I guess. So, okay, let's hear from Rachel with a word from our sponsors. Hey, are you tired of nights in binge watching your spouse's or quarantine partner's favorite shows or waiting for the delivery service to bring you a lukewarm meal? Let's bring hot dogs and cold brews back. How? Hockey's back. That's right, your Dallas Stars, remember them? Western Conference champs last year? Well, they're back and they're bringing the heat to the AAC ice while on their quest to bring the Stanley Cup back to Dallas. And the best part? Fans are welcome. Yep, dreams come true. So visit DallasStars.com today for all the best ticket deals and schedule information. Thanks, Rachel, and go Stars. But for right now, we're going to talk baseball. It is almost baseball season, and we are thrilled to be joined by Eric Nadell. 43rd year with the Rangers, 26th as lead radio voice. And he was a recipient in 2014 of the Ford C. Frick Award for Excellence in Broadcasting. And folks, that makes Eric Nadell a Hall of Famer. He does so much for charitable causes in DFW. He's the author of four books. I loved The Man Who Stole First back in 1989, a great collection of stories. His most recent uh, book is Limerick that came out a couple of years ago. Welcome, Eric, to the mic drop. Great to have you. Can we start with a limerick? Oh, okay, sure. I'll tell you what my favorite one was. Um, it's not about a ranger. It's about my favorite player, Pat Vendetti, who was the only ambidextrous pitcher uh, in modern baseball history. Uh, and I've been intrigued by this guy ever since uh, the Yankees signed him out of Creighton. And he pitched against the Rangers a couple of years ago when we were writing all these limericks. And we started wondering about what he does left-handed and what he does right-handed. Um, is he truly ambidextrous? All of that sort of stuff. So I wrote this limerick, whenever they need Pat Vendetti, his left arm and right arm are ready. He brings the team extras because he's ambidextrous. <laughs> but with which hand does he eat spaghetti? <laughs> and I went down after the game and talked to him, and he's actually right-handed. He's actually not ambidextrous at all. He does everything right-handed, except his dad taught him to throw left-handed from the time he started throwing a baseball when he was about three years old. And uh, so, you know, most of the limericks in the book are about the Rangers, but that particular one, I think, can appeal to everybody. 
Well, we're, we're eager to talk to you about the upcoming Rangers season, but there is so much more to you than just being the voice of the Rangers. And before we get to that, I'd like to give you a minute to talk about the work that you do in the community, particularly, you know, Cafe Moment Momentum, kind of a second chance uh, restaurant in downtown Dallas. Why don't you talk a little bit about that and what you do for them and some of your other charitable endeavors? Okay, thanks. Yeah, Cafe Momentum is an incredible operation. It was the... Uh... The dream of Chad Hauser, who's the CEO and the executive chef, who decided to uh, donate, basically dedicate his life uh, to helping kids who were in detention. Uh, he had actually gone to some of these juvenile detention facilities and taught kids how to make ice cream and realized that uh, he had the opportunity uh, to teach these kids a craft, a trade, if you will, uh, that could serve them all throughout their lives. And he raised money and actually started a nonprofit restaurant uh, that hires and provides a one-year internship for kids when they come out of juvenile detention. And he trains them in every aspect of the restaurant business. They do everything from being the, uh, the cashier and the uh, receptionist and the greeter to doing everything there is to do in the kitchen. You know, cook, sous chef, um, everything there is. They wait tables. And at the end of the one-year internship, almost all of the kids either get jobs in other restaurants or then go on to college. Um, they homeschool while they are at Cafe Momentum in these internships. And, you know, many of them graduate from high school while they're there. And it's just an incredible project. And I was having dinner there a few years ago and Chad came over and we were chatting. It turned out he's a huge Ranger fan and he's also a huge music fan with tastes very similar to mine. And he asked if I would like to get involved in finding a way to put music into Cafe Momentum. I mean, it's a restaurant, it's not a music venue, um, but we came up with the idea of having a Sunday supper concert once a month. The restaurant's usually closed on Sunday and everybody would come in and work on one Sunday a month. And we would do basically what amounts to a house concert with better food. And we sell a hundred tickets and uh, I booked the artists, which is uh, tremendously gratifying for me. I get to pick my favorites. And after a, kind of a community dinner where the menu is designed by that night's musicians based on their favorite foods, it's served family style, then we have a, a concert. We have a local opener who plays for 20 minutes and then a touring headliner you know, who plays for an hour. And we've had the likes of uh, Shelley Wright and Bonnie Bishop and Mike Zito uh, some of the local favorites like Jim Suler, Sarah Hickman is coming up pretty soon, along with Iris DeMent. And we had to shut down because of the pandemic, of course, but we're starting up again on May the 23rd. Well, we can encourage our uh, listeners to, to learn more about that at the uh, Cafe Momentum uh, website. It's an incredible place. Thanks for all you do. So many of the guests that we have on uh, are so involved in the community in North Texas, and, and, and you do a lot. You've got a sports broadcast scholarship now, so... So we encourage our, uh, our listeners to, to uh, check that out at the, at the Rangers uh, website. Now, before we get into this season, how tough was last season? I mean, broadcasting with, with no fans. Everything about it was hard. You know, starting with the fact, Sully, that we were in a new ballpark that we've never been in before. The sight lines are very different. Um, the booth is a little bit higher than in the old park. So just getting used to you know, how the ball travels and judging the ball was going to be difficult. Then you add in the fact that there were no fans. Uh, we had no access to the players, which may have been the toughest part of the whole thing. 
you know, in a three-hour baseball game, the ball's in play for about 14 minutes. The rest of the time is us talking. And, you know, our best source of information, the most interesting information, is the stuff we get from talking to the players, the manager, the coaches, um, umpires. And we didn't have access to any of those people other than the one or two people a day who we would talk to on a Zoom call, you know, along with all the, the Dallas-Fort Worth writers and, and the rest of the media. So uh, that was shut off to us. So the whole nature of the broadcast was different. Then you add in the fact that we did not travel so that the road games were done off television sets in our booth in the empty stadium. You know, there were days we were the only people in the stadium, you know, the radio broadcasters and the TV broadcasters. And that was actually better than some of the time when there were actually events going on in the ballpark. We were broadcasting a game from Anaheim or from Houston when there was actually a baseball game going on on the field below us. Either the Ranger minor leaguers were playing or some high school kids, you know, were playing a game down there. Uh, so the whole thing was really, really difficult. So, Eric, as we uh, transition into uh, opening day coming up, uh, what are your forecast or expectations for our 2021 Rangers? Well, I've, I've learned over 42 years uh, doing Major League Baseball that you don't make predictions. You really don't know what's going to happen. You know, the Rangers are in the midst of a, a rebuild, you know, for want of a better word. And every year, some team or two or three teams that aren't expected to be good and aren't even necessarily expecting to be contenders turn out to be contenders. And, you know, maybe that's the Rangers this year, but there'll be a lot of young players. You know, it's going to be a very exciting team. I think they'll play a very aggressive style uh, under Chris Woodward as they have the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, nobody's picking the Rangers to win the pennant this year. You know, I think it's more of a developmental season and a year to find out, you know, which of these many good young prospects who are playing are actually the guys the Rangers want to build their future around for next year and the year after. You know, maybe they will go into the season being thought of as legitimate contenders. Eric, which, uh, which young players do you think our fans should focus on this year and really follow? Um, the one guy who really caught our attention last year was the new center fielder, Leody Tavares very young and he hadn't played uh, at all above double a uh, he's a spectacular athlete an incredible center fielder he's very fast you know he's got a great combination of speed and power he has a fantastic throwing arm um, really fun to watch i'm looking forward to seeing him a guy who i really haven't ever seen who the rangers acquired in a trade in the offseason is the new first baseman nate Lowe. Uh, he was with tampa bay and uh, they have a, a surplus at first base and he was closed out and you know, the Rangers were able to pick him up in a trade. And, you know, everybody around baseball is extremely high on this guy. Uh, but I actually haven't seen him. And the other guy who I love, who really blossomed last year, was, was our catcher, Jose Trevino. You know, he's a native Texan. He's from Corpus Christi. Uh, went to Oral Roberts. Uh, he really came into his own last year offensively. He's been, you know, a gold glove caliber defensive catcher all the way up through the minor leagues. He's won some uh, minor league gold glove awards. But last year, he made some adjustments in his, in his stance and his approach at the plate, and he actually had a very good year offensively. And I love watching him. He's already, you know, a tremendous leader. He and uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, you know, who will move from third base to shortstop, are kind of the young leaders of the team right now. And I think they're both really fun to watch. So uh, favorite memory um, of the Rangers, of, of your time with the Rangers? That was really easy. The, the day the Rangers won the pennant for the first time. 
and uh, A-Rod playing for the Yankees struck out against Neftali Feliz uh, in 2010. And all of a sudden the Rangers were going to the World Series. It was such an emotional moment. You know, I was planning to lay back, you know, for a few seconds after the final outs. And the Rangers were winning six to one going into the ninth inning. We were pretty sure how it was going to end. So I thought about, you know, what I would do. As it turned out, I was so overcome by emotion when it happened because all this confetti started flying around and balloons and the place was louder than I've ever heard it. Uh, I literally couldn't talk for about 45 seconds. You know, I had tears in my eyes and, you know, that stands out above everything else, above two Nolan Ryan, no hitters, above a Kenny Rogers perfect game, above Josh Hamilton hitting four home runs in one game. And probably my number two favorite is the night the Rangers scored 30 runs in Baltimore and set a new major league record for, for runs scored. That was probably my, uh, my favorite moment on the road uh, during my Ranger years. Rangers radio voice, Eric Nadell. Eric, the Rangers picked up Chris Woodward's option uh, for next year earlier this week. What, we're, we're big fans of Woody's here on the mic drop. What would you say his strengths are as a manager? He's an incredible communicator. Uh, and the players always know, you know where they stand, what's expected of them, and how they can get better. And he has a really nice way of doing that and getting getting people on board, getting people on his side. You know, he has a tremendous personal warmth. And it's a very different style of leadership than what you used to get in the old school kind of almost military type managers. Uh, and I think it plays very well with the young players now. You know, he's not that far removed from being a player. Uh, he wasn't a star player. You know, he was basically a utility guy most of his career. Uh, so he understands how hard the game is, and he never forgets how hard the game is. Um, I love talking to him. He's extremely open-minded. Um, he's a nice mix of the old-school baseball theory and incorporating all of the new analytics. And one of the things I missed the most last year was getting to spend 15 minutes, you know, alone with him every day to start my workday. I would show up at three o'clock for a seven o'clock game and my first 15 minutes were spent in his office, just kind of shooting the breeze and then recording the five minute pregame show. Uh, hopefully at some point this year, we get back to being able to do that. Well, as we, as we wrap up, uh, Eric, we're gonna hear from Joe Trahan from Channel 8 in a little bit about what he's been downloading. And, and you, you lobbed out a recommendation to the Mic Drop team uh, earlier this week of a, of a movie and Hulu you're a big fan of. Uh, why don't you say a couple words about, about In and of Itself? This is the most incredible show I've ever seen. It's called In and of Itself. It's available only on Hulu. It's a one-man show that was a stage show in Los Angeles for a year and then in New York for two years. It's done by a guy named Derek Del Gaudio, um, who some have labeled a ma magician, some have labeled an illusionist. He's a storyteller. And it basically examines uh, our sense of identity both our self-identity and how we identify others, the misperceptions that we have about ourselves and about each other. And he uses illusion, he uses magic, he uses mentalism, if you will, all to kind of make those points. It's a totally engrossing um, 90 minutes that you just don't stop thinking about. I've actually watched the show now three times uh, over the three months since I first saw it. I've turned on over a hundred people to it, all of whom have been blown away. 
nobody sees the show and says, yeah, it was okay. You know, or I didn't like it. Everybody is moved by it. Uh, he has a book out now called A Moral Man, um, which is definitely worth reading, which is kind of an autobiographical story about how he got to where he is now. And uh, I recommend it to everybody in and of itself uh, by Derek Del Gaudio on Hulu. Did you watch it, Sully? I did. Uh, in fact, yesterday was my wife Joe's birthday. We celebrated wildly in, by watching uh, In and of Itself on Hulu, and we loved it. And it, it, we were blown away. And you're right, it's a great recommendation uh, for our mic drop audience. So thanks, Eric, for joining us. All the best with your work this year with the Rangers and for maybe a, a season with a few more wins than the uh, so-called experts predict. That'd be nice. Thanks, Sully. Thanks for having me. You bet. And now over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. Now, Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rachel. It's now our pleasure to be joined by Brian Truby of HKS and Sean Decker of the Texas Rangers. HKS is a global architectural and design firm. Its sports and entertainment practice is based in Dallas. Where else should it, would it be based? Uh, Brian Truby leads the sports practice, and he's responsible for having constructed and designed many, many venues, including AT&T Stadium, American Airlines Center, Toyota Stadium, home of FC Dallas, Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth. But, you know, stadiums all over the place, SoFi in L.A. being the, the, uh, one of the newer ones. And, of course, Globe Life Field, uh, a graduate of Texas A&M. We're joined by Brian Truby, also Sean Decker, who's been with the Rangers since 2010. He began running ballpark operations in 2017 and last year was promoted to executive VP sports and entertainment. Sean is responsible for expanding and growing the Rangers events division, which means he's the person responsible for bringing Green Day coming up hopefully soon and a bunch of other concerts and non-Rangers events to both Globe Life Field and Globe Life Park. Thanks to Brian Truby of HKS and Sean Decker of the Rangers for joining us here on the mic drop. You know, morning, Sully, Sully. You know, Sully. This is like the second, third time you've been mentioning this Green Day concert. Uh, so uh, I think it's very ironic that we have Sean on with us today. Are you trying to, uh, you know, pimp him for some tickets or something? You know, we'll handle that. We'll okay, handle that later. off air, Monica. Okay. Come on. Sorry, sorry. We're burning time here with Brian and Sean. So, Brian, uh, I saw in an interview where you stated you wanted the architecture of Globe Life Field to complement, uh, not copy, Globe Life Park. What were some of the ways you went about accomplishing this goal? And, I, you know, I think it's very intriguing of, I don't know, how do you design a, a ballpark in all these stadiums around the world? Well, you have to have a world-class client to even have the aspirational goal to do a world-class uh, project. And uh, Sean and Neil and Ray, the whole uh, group uh, was phenomenal to work with, very engaged the whole way through the project. And that really allowed us to look at uh, a very beloved building like Globe Life Park and decide the things that we loved about it, but also the things that we may want to improve on. And then how do we take those 
characteristics into the new ballpark. So one of the things you notice, just as an example to answer your question, is when you walk in the transparency, you can see all the way through into the ballpark itself. Uh, another really good example was the landscaping. When you're approaching the ballpark, even uh, the Texas uh, plant materials and the way the landscaping is a dominant part of the experience uh, make it very unique. You can't look at the ballpark and not think this must be in Texas. And that was one of our primary goals also. Well, Sean, I know our Ranger fans are excited to be able to get into see Globe Life Field, but you know, this really opens some things up for you. Uh, the Actually, you have two facilities now that you, you run and manage. So you know, what types of events are possible now that may not have been possible with Globe Life Park? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think uh, maybe the, the, the best thing that we could say about that in general is that I don't know, there's a lot of th events that aren't in play. Uh, and from the very beginning, when we sat down and talked with uh, with Brian and the team on kind of the vision, that was, you know, the, the one thing that was like the pride and joy of Globe Life Park uh, and the original building or, or the, the latest build, the, la the last building, I should say, uh, was that it was kind of a mausoleum to baseball, right? And baseball was set to be uh, maybe the only tenant in there. And that was very, you know, indu you know indicative of the times in, in 1994 when uh, stadiums were built for just a sport. But as we've gotten, uh, you know, to payrolls north of $200 million uh, in the league and things like that, we've got to find ways to generate revenue outside of uh, the 81 baseball games. And so uh, the work with Brian and, and his team was was awesome. We had a lot of fun talking through all the different things that we could do. Uh, and I think that that's ultimately, we didn't want to build, it was never our intention to build the world's greatest ballpark. We wanted to build the world's greatest facility. Um, and so I, I tell people all the time, like, I, I don't know if it was ever specifically said, or maybe I'm sure I said it a few times, but we didn't just look at ballparks. We spent a lot of time looking at the greatest arenas uh, that have been built, the greatest football stadiums, uh, of which Brian and his team had had a, a big hand in. So uh, we, we hope that when fans come in, that what they find is that a great, the greatest ballpark meets, meets a great arena, meets a great stadium. And if they had a baby, that that's what, that's what Gold Black Field would look like. Um, and so to, to directly answer your question, I, I don't think there's anything. We, we had aspirations to host a rodeo. We didn't expect the first one to be the world's largest rodeo. Um, and we, we certainly hope to ho uh, host the World Series, um, um, however, uh, next time with Rangers fans. But we're excited to have the, the World Series back in 2020 as well. So um, there's not a whole lot. It's, it's a challenging question to answer. We're excited. We've got our first Division One college football game um, that will start this November. Um, so we've got football in the building. We've had rodeo in the building. Um, there's a number of different things uh, that we'll continue to, to play off of. Yeah, Brian Sully here. We, we first came in contact back when you were designing American Airlines Center many, many years ago when I was with, with the Mavericks, and you had a specific vision for that. Now, while something like 400,000 people have been through Globe Life Field for, for other events, on April 5th, really for the first time, Rangers fans are going to be able to see the Rangers play. What do you want them to take away from the experience? What is your vision for Globe Life Field? Well, I think, you know, uh, Sean is correct in saying that we had uh, some, you know, audacious kind of aspirational goals for making the venue something that could appeal to the greatest cross-section of the population. Everybody could feel like they could go to an event, have a memorable experience at uh, the ballpark. And um, I think opening day is an interesting uh, thing because, you know, the building could potentially be full could be a very uh, wonderful time to celebrate the beginning of a return to normalcy. And my desire would be for everybody to feel like 
they are in what really we, we set out to do, which was redefine the great American ballpark. And that this is the quintessential baseball experience. We can have tons of other events in there, but making it the quintessential ballpark and doing it in a way that redefines a lot of what's been going on the last 20 years uh, with the retro ballparks, doing something that's so unique and specific for Texas and for the Rangers and for the North Texas area, that, that's really what uh, we hope people experience and enjoy and celebrate. The 360 degree concourse is, is kind of unique. Uh, views from the field all around the concourse. Was that part of the, the vision to make it, make it different? You can see the, the field from just about everywhere. Very intentional. Uh, and it was not just because that was one of the things that we wanted to improve on, on Grove Life Park, you know, where the concourses were really kind of closed off from the, from the seating bowl. But when we looked back at the original ballparks at the beginning of the 20th century, they were very open and transparent. And when we use the term transparent, we mean you can see all the way through. You can feel like you're in the game, regardless of where you are in the concourse. And that whatever you're doing, you can see what's going on either virtually or, or physically, uh, what's going on in the field. John, in, in terms of the other events, uh, Monica's right. I am a music guy. Uh, our friend Tony Fay and I attended the, the, the Sir Paul McCartney show in 2019. I remember it was an incredible show, and I remember him pointing out uh, there has never been a rock show in this, in this, uh, in this facility before, which, which was interesting. But in terms of dealing with the artists, what you got a story for us, a green M&M's kind of story or anything you know, from Paul McCartney to to Weezer, whoever it might be. What, what is that like as a guy who, you know, who's a, who's a, who's a sports guy? Yeah, for sure. That was the biggest uh, change for me in that space. You hear the green M&M story all the time, right? That's always uh, and I'll tell you uh, to the credit of all the of all the guys we've worked with here in the in the in the past for the couple of years and all those that are working with for this year and in future years. Um, I, the world of that is, it, it, that's, uh, it's not, it's not totally true. Um, there are guys and there, there, we see some crazy requests, special tea, specific drinks. Um, you know, honestly, in the sports world, it's not getting that different. You know, when I, when I first got into baseball, uh, the post game meals were, uh, were pizza and beer. And now it's uh, baby bok choy and uh, superfood green shakes and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know that the sports world is all that different anymore. Uh, I would say this. I think a lot of the artists have uh, great managers that all of a sudden at one time, I think that they get to use the green M&M store at one time. Uh, somebody said, you know, I really like the green M&Ms only, or I really like, or I really hate the green M&Ms. And their manager picked up on that. And to make sure they kept their job, they thought they would make a special request all the time. But our experience with almost all the artists is that they're 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 pretty easy to deal with. Um, it's it's usually their uh, those folks uh, that they surround themselves with that can make it a little more challenging. Hey, Sean, um, you know, Texas Live, uh, huge part of the entertainment district there in in Arlington. Uh, a lot of other development going up around. How important is that is Texas Live? I mean, you have a new. You know, you have a new ballpark, but you didn't build just a ballpark. Tell us, uh, you know, uh, how important Texas Live is. Absolutely critical. Texas Live and, and the development, current development, future development are a delivery on a promise uh, more than 30 years in the making to the Arlington Entertainment District. And so 
um, the ownership's commitment, starting with Ray, Ray Davis and Neil Liebman, like for those guys to come in and, 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 and push that, that dream and that vision uh, has been absolutely monumental for us. Um, and, and also securing a destination, you know, we've, we, we started off when I first got here, the question was, how do we get people to come earlier or stay later? Now, you know, we, we've, we've solved for trying to keep them here for one night, whether it's coming to an event at Global Park or Global Field, AT&T Stadium, Six Flags, whatever that is. Um, now with the development, we've given you a reason to spend the night and, and have it as a, as a staycation or, or create a world-class place for you to come from all over the world. As we continue to deliver on the dream and the vision, the goal is always in mind with one more night. As we go to commercial real estate, as we go to residential real estate, and as we continue to, to create uh, centers for, for economic drive for the community, um, it, for us, it, it is absolutely critical that we continue to get folks here and set the environment. Um, you know, one of the great things about downtown ballparks across the country is the fact that, you know, the atmosphere that it creates, the opportunity that it creates um, for a home field advantage and, and for a fan experience. And we're trying to bring and deliver upon that um, is, is we're, instead of building a ballpark in a downtown urban environment, we're trying to bring the urban downtown environment to the ballpark. And, and that, that's got to continue to take time. But uh, it's been a really critical piece for us. Well, I think the entire development, uh, your facilities, obviously AT&T Stadium next next door, um, huge assets for us as we continue to try to big, uh, bring big events here to the North Texas region. So Brian, uh, I'm I'm interested here. Uh, what was the most challenging stadium you ever worked on uh, in terms of designing? This is like the question I get sometimes: which is your favorite project? And so, <laughs> when somebody asks what your favorite child is, you find yourself yeah. in the same challenging situation. And and so I'm going to give you a political answer, like okay. you know, like find. Uh, because it's the only one I can give. Every single one of our projects has really unique challenges that come out of what we call the program for the project. In other words, what are we trying to accomplish? And then the individuals that we're uh, working with. And what we try to do is make sure that the thing we produce out of that is absolutely and totally unique. Uh, we, we rethink everything every time. There's very few of these buildings that get done and if they're not an iconic, memorable reflection of the, the culture, the community, and the time that they're built in, you know, it's a miss. And so the challenge for us every time is to do something that accomplishes those goals. And the additional thing really for us uh, with our global headquarters in North Texas and Dallas is, you know, being able to work on these projects in our front yard, uh, literally, like American Airlines Center, like Toyota Field, Globe Life Field, and AT&T, you know, the, 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 uh, the challenges are quite unique when you're working in a situation where you're going to attend games and events <laughs> with your family on a regular basis, you know, every year. And so it just makes it more near and dear to your heart and uh, brings greater passion uh, to the projects. I know, Brian. I th you've uh, built and designed every uh, stadium here in, in North Texas. I want to know what you think we need next. I mean, what's next here in North Texas? What can we build? We're, uh, we're actually in the midst of doing it. Uh, we're going to become the exemplar projects on the planet for creating the urban environments, uh, the diverse kind of uh, e you know, significant economic impact environments around these venues. As Sean just said, we're bringing the urban environment uh, to Globalize Field. 
uh, we're involved in all the projects around there. You can see Victory, uh, you know, the master plan that we worked on for Victory, how that's been built out over a period of time. Same thing with uh, Toyota Field. We're going to have some of the best examples globally of how to create vibrant entertainment environments that have, you know, housing, office, entertainment, retail, food and beverage uh, in North Texas. I mean, I think that's one of the things that we can all be uh, really justifiably proud of. So Sean, so Monica asked what's next. What's what's on your dream list for uh, non-Rangers events to, to lure to uh, to Globe Life Field or Globe Life Park? Gosh, so uh, quite a few. We're, we're super excited to expand football. Um, football, obviously, in Texas is a is a natural. Uh, the music space for us is there. There's, you know, there's iconic artists, right? Like, so you, you mentioned uh, Sir Paul McCartney recently, and we had Billy Joel. First of all, uh, both of those guys, uh, if, if they're listening, we would love to have them back to, uh, they played Globe Life Park. Now we wanted to play Globe Life Field. Uh, you know, there's artists like the Garths of the world and things like that. So I'd say there's certain artists that, that certainly uh, peak our, that, that we would love that you, in order to be an iconic building, you got to have them come through. Uh, and then there's events we've never done before. Like, uh, you know, we're all excited about WrestleMania being down the road, but um, you know, the, the, those folks have done uh, a few ballparks now uh, for some of their other dual events. We've, the wrestling space is, is an area we like, but and by the way, there's also some of the Olympic wrestling uh, that we're really interested in some of the Olympic sports. Um, uh, so all of those things, you know, the, the crazier, the more fun it gets for us. Um, so whether it be like our partnership with Camp Gladiator and some of the big workout events, um, all of those things uh, are, are bringing a ton of excitement, working on a few major trade shows. So some, some classic car events and things like that would be a lot of fun. Um, I think so all, all of the above, uh, more rodeos, uh, more, more of what we've been doing and, uh, and more of what we haven't been doing as well. So, so Sean, I have a question. Um, I think very, um, or people were a little bit surprised maybe that, uh, you turned a baseball stadium, uh, into a football field. So give us an idea of like, I don't know, how did that happen? And uh, you, you ha you're hosting football in, at Globe Life Park. Uh, obviously, you have other events, soccer. Uh, give us an idea of how that came about. Yeah, it, to say that a couple of people thought that we were crazy uh, would be an understatement. To, to build a football stadium right next to maybe one of the world's most recognizable football stadiums. Um, the, you know, the short piece, we all know there's never enough, no, never enough football in Texas. Um, there's also, you know, we felt like it fit a need um, for Arlington ISD and a lot of the high schools in the area that continue to expand uh, with the facilities. So last year we played more than 50 uh, amateur football games on top of a few of the XFL uh, professional football games. We have a, uh, we're, we're thrilled to have North Texas Soccer Club as a tenant in the building uh, from the USL League One. We've got the Dallas Jackals uh, from Major League Rugby that will start playing there next year. Um, and so it was, it was an awesome job. It was a $10 million project where we took out uh, 18 rows of seats on what was our, uh, our West side there, uh, excuse me, on our North side, um, added more auxiliary locker rooms. It also still served as where we put our alternate site last year for baseball. So, um, you know, obviously a short portion left field now with the 4,000 seats we added. Um, but, uh, you know, I think there's an opportunity. We intentionally uh, made that field, uh, uh, line free so that we could do just about anything there. And so, um, you know, we're excited that we're, we're working on trying to bring lacrosse there, um, obviously more soccer events, 
um, anything you can think of, but uh, I, I think there's a place to play softball over there. I think there's, so there's a lot of other things uh, that we want to do there and we, and we try to get the maximum flexibility out of the space. So there's no question when you see it, it is a rectangle sports setup, um, uh, but that doesn't mean that there's other things we can't go in there. And, you know, frankly, we're looking at concerts and, and some of those things. We also think we could do a, you know, a really tremendous festival type atmosphere where you're using both facilities uh, on the music space as well. So um, it really gives us like ultimate flexibility between the two venues. So, so Sean and Brian, I'll ask you both. Um, we're, we're right in the midst of a, a world cup bid, you know, North Texas has been host to super bowls and final fours and all-star games and world series and, and all of this. So why do you think we're like a top sports destination? What is it about the North Texas region that, uh, we're able to be successful here? There's some macro issues uh, that have to do and, and, and the things that we're acquiring from a sports standpoint are a result of that. You know, the North Texas region is a global player now in industry, in entertainment, in sport, in research. I keep naming all the different, you know, things that actually impact our world uh, for the better. And so I think it's altogether fitting that we would, you know, therefore be, a, you know, a, a really important destination for all kinds of world-class sporting events. And I think, you know, to some degree, we've been a part of the coming of age of our whole uh, North Texas area, really for the last uh, decade. And uh, I travel, I have the privilege of traveling all over the world and working with different clients from the Middle East to China and our, our North Texas region is as visible and influential in the world as any other part of the United States, if not more. Well, thanks so much, Brian. Because of the, oh, I'm sorry, I was just going to say just because of the Dallas Sports Commission. No, <laughs> nope, I don't think I can take credit for that, John. But <laughs> Take it, Monica, take the take credit. It. Hey, thanks, Brian and Sean, so much for joining us today. All the best for continued success in your work and go Rangers, you know, let's get it, let's, uh, let's get it going. So thanks. Thanks again for joining us. And now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Well, that's a mic drop seller. All right, guys, are you looking to get out of the house in a safe way? Maybe have a relaxing weekend at the spa or a fun family staycation for spring break. The Omni Dallas hotel is right in the heart of downtown within walking distance to some of the area's best restaurants and unique shopping. The Uptown Terrace Infinity Pool is a family-friendly retreat during the day and a great place to watch a romantic sunset over the Dallas skyline at night. Go to omnihotels.com slash Dallas today for the best offers and spend your free time exploring Dallas. Why? Because big wins happen here. We now welcome Joe Trahan, the Emmy Award-winning <laughs> anchor and reporter of Channel 8 Sports. Joe has joined the Salesmanship Club recently as a community golf board member. You may, you see Joe on TV doing Cowboys, Rangers stories, everything else. <laughs> He's a golf guy deep down inside. Salesmanship Club obviously prepping for the return of the AT&T Byron Nelson Classic in May. Joe, how's the tournament planning uh, going right now? Well, I, I think it's great, right? And, you know, unfortunately, COVID can't get back to the full level of, of, of fans getting a chance to see the new venue at TPC Craig Ranch. But I do think the people who will get a chance to see it, uh, I think it's going to work really well. Um, I have, I've had the chance to see that venue almost since its inception um, years and years and years ago, I had a chance to actually be on site when, when Tom Weisskopf, 
who helped put that thing together and, and was kind of the architect behind some of some of that course. He, he walked the grounds with some patrons and I was there and it was fantastic. So um, I, I'm really thrilled to see what the pros will do at that venue. But more importantly, what the public will see and how uh, how they'll embrace that new home for the Byron. Yeah, were you a golfer? Uh, I, uh, oh. I am a golfer. <laughs> I, it, it's uh, I'm an aspiring golfer. Okay. Um, I think that's the best way to put it. I want to be firsthand, Monica, when the when the PGA of America announced it would be relocating its headquarters to our area. I don't know if anybody was as excited as Joe Trey had. Now, first, he broke the story on Channel (laughs) Eight, so he he had that journalism thing going. But he also, uh, you really are passionate about 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 the game of golf, Joe. No, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I was very fortunate. Uh, I didn't play a lot when I was really younger, but my father introduced it to me when I was very young and I was too stupid to embrace it back then. But you know how that goes, right? You figure out that your parents were right later That's on, right. right? And I did about that game in particular. And uh, it really has become uh, an absolute passion of mine. And, and living here, I mean, you guys were about to go through this, as you guys well know, this metamorphosis where North Texas will become one of the centers of the golf universe, not just in our country, but in the entire world. And it's literally about three drivers from my front door here in Frisco. So, I mean, I, I don't want to get going down that rabbit hole, you guys, because I'll just get all excited and, and it won't make sense. Well, Joe, you, you've been, uh, before we get to the download, this is our, what are you downloading segment? And we're eager to hear what you've been downloading. But first, you've been at Channel 18, Channel 8, for 18 years, since 2003, how long, how much longer are you willing to wait for Dale Hansen to retire? <laughs> Kevin, see, that's why you are so good at what you do. Let's just cut through all the pretense and let's get down to it. Listen, um, the, the business that we are in now in terms of media and the way it's consumed and the way we put it together is so completely different than when I started I have none of that stuff matters, right? I just go out and I am process driven now. I just want to share the best story I can with everybody and try and get it out there. And all that other stuff, you guys, I I really can't worry about it. It's been one of these studies in, can you live by what you tell your kids? Can you live that same way? All that advice you want to give to your kids, right? And, you know, those, those little nuggets that you want to pass on. All right, can you practice what you preach? So that, that's the way I do it now. And, you know, however it plays out, it plays out. And, and to be honest, you guys, I'm so blessed. Um, it's all good with me. Yeah, and we love Dale. And he is a legend and a, and a treasure uh, here in North Texas. And just having a little fun, Dale, in case you're, uh, you're, you're listening. <laughs> so, Joe, it's time to, uh, you know, open up the laptop and let us, let us in on your, your, uh, your downloading history or what you're streaming. What, uh, what do you have going right now? Right, so I wanted to throw you guys this curveball and tell you that I'm really into podcast about, you know, uh, Christian existentialist philosophers. And I was going <laughs> to throw out some thus spoke Zarathustra and some Soren Kierkegaard. I was going to throw some of that at you, but that's not true at all. It's, it's what you'd expect. I'm a 30 for 30 guy. I love going back and having the deep dives into those sporting events sporting figures, those great teams that I grew up loving, right? This, I, I just, I, I, I eat it up. Uh, the, the Michael Jordan podcast that was so popular and kind of, it took on this viral nature. 
you guys, that's how I feel about just about all of these podcasts, uh, not podcasts, all these documentaries about sports and, and, and those different figures. So um, I go through and I earmark the ones I really want to watch. And, and the one that I actually did a, a catch up on, I earmarked it, um, but I kind of let it fall through the cracks because it was about Muhammad Ali. And I had, I had consumed so much about Ali, I kind of checked it off and there was no sense of urgency for me to look at it, but I actually made a mistake. Um, it's What's My Name uh, by Antoine Fuqua's Training Day Equalizer, that famed director. He put together a fantastic two-part documentary about Muhammad Ali. And the great thing about it, and the thing I didn't realize when I was earmarking it and just looking at some of the reviews, it was basically told through Ali's voice and there was no narrator and the way they wove it together was so well done with music and scenics, but mostly it was Ali's voice and hearing, cause you've heard all the, the quips and the float like a butterfly sting, like a bee. And you've heard those small quips before we've all heard them before. If you're in the sports, like I am, but to hear him expand upon it and hear some of those interviews and let those interviews breathe. I felt like, um, I got a little bit more intimate picture into what uh, Muhammad Ali was all about. Um, it had a social justice tinge to it as well, because he was close uh, with uh, Martin Luther King. He was close with Malcolm X. Um, so there was some of that background that was in it. And it was fascinating um, to go through that and hear him. And, and some of the other fascinating parts were um, his relationship with Dick Cavett, we all know about, you know, him and Howard Cosell that we all know about that, but you know, the Dick Cavett relationship, they delved into that a little bit. And I had no idea that they were that close. And, you know, he had Dick Cavett come up to, to his, his training ground that he created his training camp. And, you know, it was in the mountains and tucked away. And, and, and Ali is talking about this one cabin in particular where there was no running water. And there was no electricity. He literally had a well pump that they showed in the middle of this cabin. You know, and I started thinking about what that meant and the larger picture and kind of his commentary. I mean, he, he one of the most recognizable athletes on the planet, if not the, and he wanted to kind of get away. It was very interesting. It was incredibly well done. If, if, if you haven't seen it yet, I cannot recommend it enough. If you have any affinity, interest, or, or want to know anything more about Muhammad Ali. It was a fantastic, it was probably two and a half hours that, that felt like it went by in 30 minutes for me. So that that's the latest thing that I've consumed. And, and one other thing along those same lines, there's a movie that just came out. It's called One Night in Miami. It's actually fictionalized, but it is um, Sam Cooke, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, and Jim Brown. It's the four of them in a hotel room in Miami after uh, Ali beats Liston. And... You guys, it's fictionalized, but it's incredible. It's so well done. And having watched those two um, pieces of content kind of really close to each other uh, was uh, a good good timing on my point, on my part, because, man, just fantastic stuff. Strong recommendations, Joe, for our, our listeners. My, mine this week is Operation Varsity Blues, the documentary mm. on Netflix about the admission scandal that the Lori Lachlan and Felicity Huffman part of it got a lot of attention, but the, you know, the scam was about walk-on athletes, the sports that they didn't play, which was the, what the Rick Singer, the, the culprit, the mastermind called the side door 
fascinating stuff. Matthew Modine playing the part of Rick Singer, but the, the words are all from the FBI wiretap. So they still call it a documentary Operation Varsity Blues. Now, Joe, this is the part of the program where Monica gives us her <laughs> downloads and she has had, she's been on a hot streak and hers are usually pretty entertaining. So Monica, what do you got? Yeah, this week? I'm a, I go a little bit off the rails. You know, I, in my free time, I do so much sports during the day that I typically uh, do something a little different uh, in my download. So I have two of them. Well, one's not necessarily a download cause it doesn't exist, but I'll, I'll get it. I'll explain it. <laughs> um, Duolingo is what I've uh, downloaded. It's an app. Uh, it's uh, actually any language. It, it's, uh, you can teach you any language. And uh, so I'm working on my Spanish. So it's a more gamified app, uh, has videos, uh, you can rearrange sentences, uh, photos that kind of can associate with words. So trying to brush up on my Spanish as, uh, as we continue to uh, host different events and uh, I don't necessarily know I can if I can uh, do a podcast in Spanish I don't know how far down the line silly it may be I may may have to do a little bit uh, uh, more learning there and my second one Sully I went looking for a bracket buster uh, repair <laughs> app and there's not <laughs> one out there because you know my bracket my Longhorns hurt me so bad last week oh. uh, and congratulations Abilene Christian but uh <laughs> I went looking. I'm like, there has to be a, a bracket buster repair app. This can't be happening. And I think a lot of people this year might need it. So it may be something I start to, uh, you know, develop here over the next uh, few months for, for next year's March Madness. It's yeah, what we on. sign up for, though, you guys. It's, it's what we love. It's what we crave <laughs> until it's your school that's on the yep. wrong end. And there are a lot of UT fans, right, yep. who are going through that. And that is not easy. <laughs> This is why we are sports fans is because of the, the ride, the journey, the pain and the exhilaration. So, and Monica, my Boilermakers and your Longhorns, we're not the only ones suffering. There's, yeah. there's been a, a lot of them this year. So thanks, Joe, for, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. On behalf of Monica Paul and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to Joe Trahan, Eric Nadell, Brian Truby and Sean Decker. What a crew we had this week. Thanks to the Mike Drop production team, Krista Amelia, Marcus Carr, Go Eagles, and our showrunner, Tony Fay. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks, you guys.